The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hi. So tonight's topic is doubt, the hindrance of doubt, which is uh, maybe something you've experienced before. Yeah? There's uh, kind of two ways to think about doubt, doubt in the practice or the dharma. And then there's doubt in ourselves, our ability to practice. Feeling into where you get more caught in doubt. Is it a doubt about your ability to do the practice or is it about the Dharma? There's a handout on the hindrances and there's this one paragraph I really like. It says, Doubt as a hindrance is a mental preoccupation recognized by indecision, uncertainty, and a lack of confidence. It causes a person to hesitate, vacillate, and not settle into meditation practice. Its simplest manifestation can be a lack of clarity about the meditation instructions Or more dramatically, doubt can involve deep, fiery, inner conflicts and fears. Doubt can keep the mind agitated, simmering in discursive thought, or feeling... Hmm. I I don't don't know what this word is that didn't copyright. (laughs) Yeah? You bet. Yeah. So the very first sentence is, doubt as a hindrance is a mental preoccupation. Recognized, we will see that preoccupation by, we see indecision, uncertainty, or a lack of confidence. Anybody have an example of of any of those states around practice or your ability to practice? Like, um, I'm not sure what, how I should practice tonight. I don't know if I should do metta or if I should do breath or if I should do sound or, right? Does that sound familiar to anyone? Or, um, you know, this lack of confidence. I can't, I can't do this. I can't stay with the breath or I can't really sit that long or, I can't stand to be with whatever it is I'm feeling, for example, maybe. Any other examples of how you might experience this state? Is the is the microphone too far, Anne? I'll get it for you. Okay, all right. Great. Yeah. Well, I can keep talking some. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you. So after my first uh, residential retreat, um, and at the end, I, uh, there was like this wrap-up session. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back at the retreat and sort of like, yeah, it was an okay weekend. And 
but I don't know if it was really worth the time. I don't know that I really got anything out of this. Um, yeah, I don't know if I got. I don't know if it was a waste of time. I don't know if I got anything out of that. Yeah, what happened for you that um, after that? You know, how did how did that affect what you did when you went home and your practice? I don't know if it affected what I did when I got home, but after I got home, um, I was getting ready for bed and brushing my teeth. And suddenly realized that I was just much more present. Wow. And it's like, oh, I guess I did get something out of this after all. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, there can be, you know, uh, maybe even experiences of going on retreat and maybe maybe from one meditation to the next, a real change in like having this experience of clarity and presence in the next meditation or later, like the mind is insane, <laughs> you know, and it, and it can really, you can actually cycle a lot on retreat and you can, it happens all the time, but you can really think, oh, I, I'm not getting anywhere, right? It's very easy to to really doubt the our capacity, our progress, Doubt can also um, sound very wise. Sometimes we can have a question, well, how could that be, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, well, that teacher, when they said this or that, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. And, um, and that, if we're not really careful with that, that can kind of spread to a general um, movement away from the practice, right? Make sense? There, there's generally thought that um, when we have doubt, it is very helpful to investigate. Like you, Mike, were maybe you didn't actively ma- investigate, but you were clear enough to notice. Oh, I'm actually more present. You know, so having that question, I don't know if this made a difference or not. That can be a very skillful question to ask, if we ask it in a way that opens us up instead of closes us down. And doubt that leads to a lot of confusion and vacillation is not so useful, right? If we just sort of like, hmm. So, you know, we're encouraged um, to talk to our spiritual friends, to bring up with teachers or with other spiritual practitioners our questions, our uncertainties, to share that, right? And it's also really helpful to consider um, and notice the things that, that you know, like to, I got through the sit and you had to set yourself up for your body to sit and you got through it, you know. It's like we, we notice afterwards, okay, I did it, you know, with some care and intention. I can set myself up to get through whatever it is, if it's body pain or emotional or mental difficulty. Remember to track what happens in your practice. There's a... um, Maybe I'll talk about, kind of move into this idea, the 
the opposite maybe or a support for doubt is faith in the practice, growing our confidence in the practice. And that's where this idea of paying attention, you know, to the impact of our practice and, and can help us start to strengthen and grow that the faith that keeps us coming back, that keeps us sitting and um, keeps us studying and engaging in the Dharma. So maybe you've heard reference to this, but often there's kind of considered three stages or layers of knowing the Dharma. One is kind of more of this intellectual understanding, kind of like learning a concept. And then from there we go into a a kind of a a more... um, direct experience way of knowing, more of an intimate encounter with the concept. And then there's another layer that just sort of like, where it actually is just moving through us in a way. It's like it's a much deeper layer, a level of knowing. Um, And we can support ourselves in our practice and deepening our practicing and deepening our confidence, growing our faith. I um I like to think about faith like mindfulness is like a light. And I like this in the combination with doubt because it doubt is so it's like being in a dark room, right? It's like not being able to really see your way clearly where you want to go. And when you're moving around in the dark, it's easier you know, you knock your shins on things and they, you know. But if you have light, you know, it's um, much easier to navigate where you're going. Feel much more confident, just the idea, the feeling, the difference between walking, you know what it feels like to walk in a dark room? You know how you can, can you just imagine that for a minute, that feeling of all of your senses are kind of trying to feel the space and as you move through with some trepidation, you know, there's something very hard working in our system to help us get through. And then compared to walking through a space that's well lit, same space, but how it feels in the body, there's a lot less effort to moving through a space when it's well lit. And our faith can be like that, bringing light to our, it's sort of, it's not as hard to navigate, you know? It's not, we, there's more trust, more belief, more confidence, maybe more willingness and more ease. So when I've, I've thought about faith in my own practice and I've thought about it at different stages in my life and how different the light was for me, the faith was. And... Um, there were times in my in my practice where it was like um, a, you know a siren's light, like flashing, like like really, you know, like really pay attention to me, like this is really important and bright. And there were other times where it was like just a candle flicker, you know, just this light, just this bit, little bit of a light that was there that wasn't burning bright. 
And then there have been times where it was like, you know, when you go and you see those giant spotlights in the, in the dark city nights and they're just, they're lighting up the whole sky. Times that it was like that, you know, it's just, just thinking about like headlights. I thought about so many different ways that faith, the, you know, my, my aspiration, my belief, my confidence in the practice and how it has changed and been different at different times in my life. I wonder if any of you can relate to this idea of a light of, you know, can you think about what kind of light your faith has been? You know, you guys have faith. You're coming here regularly, you know. There's something in each of you, right? What is that light like? How would you describe your confidence or your faith in the practice? You don't have to use the simile of a light, but you can. I'd love to hear what you think of it. Anybody willing to share? Will you use the mic? There's one right there, right here. Thank you, Sue. Were you ready? Oh, were you going to share? No. Oh. Oh. Scott will share. That's okay. Quiet is good. You're not live. You kind of have to push and hold. I was wondering, it's too intellectual, but is that a simile or a metaphor with the light in the hallway and it's easy to navigate through a space that's well lit? Yes. And the tremendous difference. And that seemed like really apt. Yeah. it just reduces the the effort involved or something yeah. like that. If you, yeah. But um, so that aside, I kind of feel like my faith coming here is more more based kind of like on exhaustion, on non-faith. Mm. And I kind of want to give it a go. Mm. And kind of circling back to the confidence. I can't really think of a single sort of salutary practice that I like deliberately chose in my life and ever really followed through with. Yeah. So I have a history, I guess, of kind of doubting myself. Yeah. Some people really do. They have a hard time committing and there's usually some, I mean, you know, there's a good reason for it, right? We don't, I don't know what yours is, but, and maybe you do or don't, but, um, it's this is why doubt is considered a really um it's really threatens the practice you know because if we we don't make that commitment we're not able to go deeper from that headspace into the heart and fully you know into like this deeper way of knowing to get to that place where we walk down the hall with with this bright light and this feeling of confidence and that is a lot of what happens in the practice if we keep doing it is that you know it's not that we don't bump our shins on the way but you know we we develop this capacity to 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 walk through it to walk through whatever it is with this sort of sense of 
uprightness and clarity. Not f- less fear, less apprehension, less uncertainty. Maybe we grow comfort with the uncertainty or something. But um, there's something in you, Scott, that, that is bringing you here. There's something in you that's, you know, waking up or has poked its head out from time to time, right? Can you feel into that? Yes, I do. I feel like sort of these little marginal improvements are... Yeah. um, I flirted with this practice for a long time, but never really... um, got caught by the logic of it or where it sort of became a self-rewarding activity. It was more like eating a vegetable I didn't really like or something. Uh-huh. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, now it, it feels a little more rewarding. And mm. I think um, sort of normalizing like the discomfort part of it uh-huh. has been helpful. Yes, right? Say more about that. Well, I might be repeating myself from last week, but I sort of think like, you know, I think there's one therapy where if you're afraid of snakes, they'll put you in a room with a snake in a cage or something. And you had said something like you kind of get right up next to your discomfort and just sit there, Yeah. you know, and try to feel like, where are you feeling it in your body? Yeah. And maybe or maybe not sort of engage with the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, flirt with it at any rate. Mm-hmm. And I can just see where that would be sort of an adaptation, too. Yep, absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. So the what I heard from you, and that is that you've gotten more okay with being with your own discomfort. <laughs> oh, I'm not excited about it, but uh-huh. yeah, it's... yeah. It seems like a productive thing to do. Like yeah. It, it, it's healthy. Yeah. So I have another type of doubt, though, too, which is not really relevant. Or I Like uh-huh. last night I was at a different sangha, and they were sort of trying to... They had, were studying a, uh article in Tricycle, which I didn't get a chance to read before coming to it. But it was something about like sort of moving beyond the strictly personal... Western Buddhist focus on the individual and trying to bring that Buddha, your Buddhist practice more out into the world, I guess, in terms of a, sort of a political activism, seemed to be like what they were aiming at. And uh, I guess I have this sort of reservation, or I think maybe the advantages might, I suspect the advantages of it might be a little overstated, something like that, that... Uh, so I have that, but it's not really relevant because I'm getting so much out of it, like on a personal basis that, Great. you know, I'll worry about that later. That's beautiful. Point. That's a really good way to put it, you know. Just, if it's not relevant to you in your practice right now, just let it go, you know. Work with what is relevant to you in your practice, right? It was interesting to see other people kind of struggle with that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Now I'm Yay, Sue. <laughs> I don't know if this is quite doubt, but um or I I've not named it that way. 
Maybe it relates more to faith. I mm-hmm. have periods, and I've just gone through one, where I struggle to prioritize making this central to my life. Mm-hmm. And I just, I get, I get distracted by, you know, work and all, my daughter and, you know, that all those externals when I know that, yeah. you know, centering myself in practice and faith is, you know, makes all the difference in how I move through all of that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's doubt, but that is a very, particularly of the last few weeks has been, you know, I, I, I sometimes I can be more focused when I'm practicing regularly than other times, but I really just... It's, and with the last sort of slid away, uh, this for last a few, for a few weeks, yeah, uh huh, yeah, and and could feel the effects. There yeah. you go, right there. Yeah. That to me is part of how we start to grow our commitment, which mm-hmm. is part of our confidence in our faith, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that when we wander away from the practice, if we notice the impact of that too, mm-hmm. and um. You know, just to really, to pause with that, you know, to pause with the, the, you know, for me what comes up are like moments where I kind of blow it with often my kids, right? Um, And where I'm just sort of irritated or not present in the way that I want to be. Um, And that, when I let myself feel into that and know that if I... You know, if I'm not practicing, I I know I would be more present for it. Be and and that that feeds something in me deep. That sense mm-hmm. of like, yeah, I I really want to be present. Is this really important to me to be present? Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing you kind of, you know, that you're going through cycles. Are you starting to? Is it? Are you noticing it? Is it changing over time or? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of profound just in the last few weeks where I really just, I didn't completely stop practicing, but because I have a regular practice, again, sometimes more focused than others. So it just, it's been interesting. Yeah. To, yeah. To see what, what the results of that are. Anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, it would be, it, you asked a question or you, there was a little, there was this question the way you started, which was, I don't know if this is doubt or faith or, right. you know, and that's a good question to hold, mm-hmm. to try and start to just observe what happens when you wander away or when you deprioritize it and what's happening when you do prioritize it, you know, um, and there are, for me, I, I I definitely have had to find the time of day for me where it's there's a commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just yeah. there's that has made a big difference for me to help me really keep sitting down no matter what. You know. Yeah. 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 Any other thoughts? Reflections about your experience with faith and doubt, or this idea of Michael 
Sue, do you mind handing Michael the... Oh, yeah, he's right to, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think about doubt a lot. I definitely had a lot of doubt uh, a few years ago. I think sometimes, sometimes I just sit. Well, not as much anymore. But I used to just sit and think, like, what, what am I doing? Like, why, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Uh, like, I could be doing something else. Um, and yeah, I I remember I I like stopped sitting for like a long time, and um, and I came back to it, and yeah, like I I could like really feel the difference um, when I started again, and yeah, I think I think sometimes um, sometimes I feel like unclear still like. Like what? What exactly is this going towards? Uh, and usually, when I like clarify, like what, like what it is, I feel like I'm like trying to do. I guess then, then the doubt like goes away. Mm. Mm. I love what you you just shared it reminds me of a quote that I had for tonight so it's a perfect time for me to bring it in here and and this is a a quote from um, a book called The Lion um, Tracker's Guide to Living Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going but I definitely know how to get there don't know where I'm going, but I definitely know how to get there. And that, to me, is a little bit about, that's, you know, that's faith, right? That's true faith. And and that's very dharmic to me as well, which is, we're, you know, we don't really know what's going to pop up in our practice. We don't know how our practice is going to unfold. And that's not our, it's not our job to try and control that even. Our job is to sit down and be present and be awake and aware and work on recognizing, you know, what's happening and to feel it in our bodies and to let whatever it is that knows inside of us guide us, right? Does that, does that quote resonate at all with what you were sharing, Michael? Will you say anything about how so? You don't have to. I'm just, you know, I love hearing you, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, like, when I, like, I grew up uh, pretty poor, and, uh, like, I got, like, a decent paying job out of college, and I think what initially kind of, like, got me into meditating is, like, I had this, like, vision of, like, what, life was going to be like mm-hmm. when I got like some decent money and then it didn't like live up to it and I had like this there I guess like the undercurrent of like faith of like oh there's like there's something more yeah. that, that I don't like that I'm not getting right now so yeah that's not just like material so. yeah but yeah that that quote reminds me of that so that's beautiful yeah it, it I when I think back about my that very th- thing that very feeling that there's something more there's something else 
I, I remember being in like first grade and I was going to a Catholic school for a couple of years. And, you know, I was so fascinated by the nuns. These nuns lived in this, you know, they had this nunnery, right, across the street from the school and the church. And they all lived in there. And I just was, I was just completely curious about what they were doing, you know. And I was told, you know, that the nuns marry Jesus. They don't get married, they marry Jesus. This is what I was told. And so I was like, what does that mean? And and just this whole idea that there could be this whole, there was something about the, also the mystique of it, right? This, you know, they, they were had a lot of, mystique and power and 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 this relationship with god right that but i just remember my little mind wanting to peek in the window you know i want to no there it was set back and they always had the shades drawn and i really wanted to do you want to um speak in the mic well go ahead no, I just had it. It was very the similar. same thing. Yeah, yeah, and married to Jesus, and you know the whole nine yards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there were then there there were just these different things along my along the way in my life where I just had this like there was another way. I was always kind of interested in people who were living in this other way. This, you know, it was it didn't stay Catholic for me, but it, you know, it was just this other, you know, communities living, you know, conscious living communities, and then, you know, um, and then there was this whole New Age movement, and you know, just you know, I remember going to hear Ram Dass talk, and that was really powerful for me going to the Zen little sitting group and, you know, just kind of bumping my way through all these different things, just kind of, but searching. And how over time, even knowing, at some point it was like, oh, I was really clear Buddhism was for me. But I still was more like reading. It was like reading books by Pema Chodron or this or that or Thich Nhat Hanh, but I didn't have a practice Right? It took a long time before I really had a regular practice. It was suffering, really, that brought me to to the sit down regularly. And it, it made a difference. And then grew and grew. Yeah. So... Any other thoughts anyone wants to share before we move into small groups? Okay. So, yeah, let's, um, one, two, there's nine. Thank you for counting, Richard. Okay, so why don't we do three groups of three? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the first question is just to share how your faith or your confidence has changed or this feeling of interest. You know, and there's something different. Just share a little bit with each other about that. 
And um, and then I'll ring a bell and give you another question. <laughs> so not to, you know, you don't need to stop, but just to a- offer you another question when you're ready to move to it, which is, you know, do you have a sense of what supports your confidence and faith in growing or because you've experienced that, or do you have a sense of what might help it? You know, is there spending time studying or talking to people or coming more regularly or sitting? What would help you grow that confidence, that interest, that faith? Um, That would be the next question to explore together when you're done. All right, so... What came up for you when you answered the question, if I had bright confidence in the Dharma, I would? Well, a lot of mine were about feeling more centered and more grounded, and so there were things like be less anxious and be willing to take risks. Thank you. Yeah, same here. I was be more um, centered and also less anxious. I'd be more present more of the time. <laughs> uh, be more generous and take more risks. Mm. I'd be more at ease in the middle of difficulty. Mm. I'd be more focused. Mm. It would be easier to pursue pursue the Dharma. Mm. I feel like I have an anchor of doubt kind of that sort of impedes or drags along. So much confidence, I don't know. No, um, more of a blessing. Mm. Nice. How was it for you to explore this combination of doubt and faith? And, you know, how was it to, to contemplate and to share with each other? What came, what came to the surface for you? Anything else that you want to add? So, I'll go. I think um, having uh, Scott and uh, Vara, especially Vara, when she talked about wanting to, you know, kind of study the Dharma, I had this strong... um, Urge, you know, to to you know, like to encourage her to do that. You know, I really felt this joy that came up around it. You know, it made me happy mm-hmm. to have her say that. That's what she realized. That's one of her responses, which I thought was so cool. Mm-hmm. I had never really recognized or thought about doubt as a hindrance. So I, I think that's a valuable insight. Yeah, maybe, expansion. Maybe you'll question it more when it visits you. <laughs> Great.
will say one other thing. Um, <clears throat> Hold it close. Well, yeah. I will say one other thing. Um, a teacher that I've been studying for a long time, uh, his statement about doubt is, doubt is always the result of thinking. <laughs> so it's, it's a really interesting thing to explore. You know, whenever you find yourself in that kind of mode, what's going on in the thinking world and mental activity and mental activity. That's beautiful. I have a poem, but um, unless anyone else. Oh, good. Yeah. And so with doubt, I know we know uh, we we are learning to just deal with it. And it's like we have this thought. But is there anything that we can that can help us because sometimes I get like so frustrated when I have thought. Yeah. Um, I actually think that what you said earlier was I want to learn more about the Dharma and I think that will help. And, and, and sharing here, but go ahead. Not, yeah. not just in meditation in general, in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think as you practice more and you start to see what creates the doubt in your practice, it will shine some light on what's creating doubt in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Great. Go. Go. Yeah. Love it. Very talkative this evening. Um, I am nothing if not extremely identified with my thinking, and I can see that maybe there's an element of that in my doubt. Great. And that's a huge insight to... uh, I mean, to be able to get to recognize the uh, unhealthy quality of of identification. Beautiful aspect, yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) Woohoo! All right, you want a little poem, and we'll wrap it up. This is called "Finding Faith." It's by Rosemary Traumer. While pulling the beats, it's impossible to lose faith in the world. Those tiny seeds that once fit in the palm are now large and red globes, dense with dark sweetness and heavy in the hand. They are like promises kept, like small proofs in patience, confirmations that sometimes the good that's growing can't be seen. They are like hard truths. Not everyone will want them. Some will. So, yeah, may we see our doubt more clearly and bring the mindfulness, the light of mindfulness to the doubt so that we can be a little bit more free from it. And may our faith in the practice grow and be a support for ourselves and others in all the ways you guys expressed about being more present and compassionate. And may this bloom and blossom and go from small seeds into globes of beautiful beets. Thank you so much.